0: And welcome to Locked On Wild, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I am your host, Joe Booley. With me is Tony Abbott from The Athletic Minnesota. And uh, today, Tony, yes. we got the official announcement that Minnesota and the Minnesota Wild are going to be hosting the 2021 Winter Classic.
1: An actual Winter Classic. This is the real deal. This isn't that knockoff dollar store stadium series stuff. It is the real deal.
0: Yep. It sounds like it's going to be held at, uh, at target field where the home of the Minnesota twins. Um, and you know, uh, considerably, you know, it, after watching the, uh, the winter classic today against, uh, between Dallas and the predators, I think the big question is, uh, how are they going to get that kind of crowd? Cause I think there was roughly 80,000 people in the stadium, and the wild, or actually, target field is going to be probably close to forty thousand. If you do like um, standing rail only, you might get over to that a little bit. But uh, kind of crazy that uh, that the NHL is going to uh, such a smaller venue.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think they can do a shrink ray and then just get everyone to be about half size, and everyone has to share a seat.
0: They need to uh, enlist help of uh, of Mister Gru, right?
1: Yup. So, uh, th- that I-, I don't know if that's actually going to be a problem or not. I mean, clearly it wasn't so much of a problem that they did not do it to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like if it was going to be as big of a problem as you're saying, that they couldn't fit in 85,000 people like they did at the Cotton Bowl, or I think it was the big house where they had 100,000 people. Yeah. Um I, I think it's fine that, th- that it's in Target Field where the, the capacity is a little smaller. I mean, quite a bit smaller, 40,000. Uh, and I, I think that will probably... Obviously, like I think more people are going to be left out. And more people are going to want to go to this game than are going to actually be able to go. And that kind of sucks. But right. I think for the people that do go, that are able to go, uh, it, it's going to be a lot more intimate, I think. Than uh than something like a football stadium where you know we've both been in football stadiums and and when you're sitting far away you're sitting far away target yeah. field
0: is a lot less likely to uh to be a bad seat in that house absolutely and and target field has one of those great things that modern stadiums do have too, where they always have a view of kind of the playing surface from pretty much anywhere inside the stadium. And, uh, you talked about it being more intimate and that's exactly what you're going to get. I mean, target field was built, you know, after kind of the the twins dealt with, um, a cavernous Metrodome stadium where, you know, I think it was roughly 60,000, I think fans or so for a capacity Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know for many years that the twins had issues just getting um the crowds to show up and so they started blocking off different sections out in the uh, upper deck in the outfield and uh so I think you know when they built the stadium in general it was to I guess make it so that they had more chances <laughs> at, at a capacity crowd and and there are just so many more games with baseball that they didn't necessarily need to go after. After those large crowds, every single um every single game with uh, with 81 being hosted. Now in this situation for for the wild, I think it's a great situation. The ballpark is a little bit smaller. It is gonna be one of those situations where, you know, it isn't gonna be such a a uh, a wide open bowl that the, that football stadiums tend to lead into. And I do even though I think that the sight lines in general fit an ice rink better in a football field than they do a baseball field. Um, I think they're, most fans are going to get a really good uh, viewing opportunity at Target Field.
1: And not only a viewing opportunity of the uh, the playing surface, but also a better view of the skyline than you're going to get at TCF Bank Stadium, which is not right in the heart of downtown, which is where the, uh, the Target Field is.
0: Yeah, correct. You talked about the the view of downtown, but it's also just right in downtown, too. Everybody that goes to the stadium is going to pour out into downtown uh, and they're going to be able to frequent the bars. They're not going to need to worry too much about transportation unless they're obviously coming in from from the outer areas of the of the um, of the city itself. And, you know, I think we've seen it with the Final Four. We've seen it with the Super Bowl that Minneapolis is actually a pretty good host when it comes to these big things. I was actually down there doing some work for the Super Bowl and I will tell you what, I've probably felt the most safe I've ever felt in Minneapolis uh, during during the, the the Super Bowl festivities along Nicollet Mall and I um I don't necessarily know what if they're going to do anything like that on Nicollet Mall like for for this situation but I do mm-hmm. think that the it that with the position of the stadium you're going to have better sight lines which i don't think they had at all with the cotton bowl didn't look like there was much really around there Mm -hmm. i mean Uh, like neither of us were there it should be said but yeah right but you it is just kind of the cotton bowl and that was kind of the only and it's a historic stadium obviously but that was pretty much it they you didn't really get a lot of the sight lines of the city um to really show off and add and really be kind of um A tourism advertisement, I I suppose, for the city itself and the state where, hey, you know, you know, it's cold here, but we have a a thriving uh, city life, I suppose. And uh, I think that's really kind of the big thing that I think that that benefits with Target Field. Mm -hmm. It should be it should be a really good time. Yeah. And I think we're going to continue to discuss this, but I think we're going to take a quick short break. You're listening to the Lockdown Wild podcast. And welcome back to the Lockdown Wild podcast. I am your host, Joe, and with me again is Tony. And we were just discussing uh, the Winter Classic, which has uh, officially been awarded to Minnesota. And, Tony, uh, we, we in the previous segment, we talked a little bit about Target Field as kind of the venue. Um, I think we need to get down to the nitty-gritty. What When it comes to jerseys, what do you – what do you really want to see? Because I think that's a great idea. You know, it's a great time for teams to, to come up with, like, a really unique throwback or, or whatever. And, and uh, I, I think um, I thought the Wild Stadium Series jersey, when they came out with that, was was uh, probably one of the better ones of that season, I think. I think there was a bunch of them that came out. I thought the Blackhawks one looked terrible. Um, I think there was a couple other ones that uh, that were just so-so, and I thought the Wilds knocked it out of the park for the most part. Uh, but this is a, a unique situation where the Wild get to kind of revamp their style in their in their jersey. I'm wondering what you're thinking on it.
1: Yeah, so I I kind of want to see them do like a new logo on this. That's mm-hmm. and I I know that you agree with this as well, Joe. Mm-hmm. The last time Minnesota had a Stadium Series jersey, it was I think it was probably one of the better ones that year. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the overall creativity, I don't think that was there so much, and I I think the biggest indictment of that was just the inclusion of the barehead logo mm-hmm. and that was kind of it i like the star right. hockey patch on the on the shoulder but what you saw that was prominently featured the most was the bear head logo and and i don't think it's a bad logo i know there are it's a divisive one for sure <laughs> but the one that i want to see is i want to see what they can do if they won't bring back the script logo and, and I don't necessarily want them to go full on throwback like that for mm-hmm. a stadium series one-off. I, I, if anything, I would like to see the script come back on a full-time basis sure. as a full-time third Jersey or even a primary Jersey, even though I don't think that is going to be the case, but the M logo from the script is really cool. And it's been really underused since they debuted it uh, with, the uh, script logo in general. And, and then they have brought it as a shoulder patch every now and then, but I would love to see the M logo be prominently featured.
0: I am a big proponent for the M logo myself as well. And when you look back at Minnesota sports in general, the Minnesota twins, I think during the late 80s to a uh, nineties, really prominently featured an M logo, the Minnesota Gophers have that iconic block M um, there's, and I just feel like that, that if the wild were to adopt their own version of an M logo I think it'd be uh very classily done uh I think for the most part uh, the script M that they use in the uh in the script Minnesota from the uh, the old green and wheat um, third jerseys i I'm absolutely a proponent for that whether they do some version of it of it being uh like a wheat colored or a, a green color I think uh that would be fantastic mm-hmm Uh, when it comes to like dominant color, I I know that I've kind of done and I tweeted it out too on my, on my Twitter account, but I like the idea of like, especially for like a game like this, where you could go kind of like brown leather goalie pads or something like that, kind of almost like a throwback leather, um, like, like what Josh Harding actually had, I think, um, was it circa like 2011 or something like that. If they did like... Like a, a dominant color being the wheat color, kind of looking like a faded white sweater almost. Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you What do you think, or do you think that they go green? Like, what is their dominant home color?
1: I think there's potential for them to go wheat like that. I don't think they'll go red. I think the red jerseys kind of ended up souring on a lot of people eventually. So mm-hmm. I think it will either be wheat or green. I would suspect green, especially if uh, if their opponent is you know, someone who is going to wear another color. So basically anybody but Dallas, right? right? I think green is probably going to be the winner there. But but I could definitely see a old school wheat jersey coming in. But I I, I think the
0: safe money is on green. Now, I think the big thing is then... What, what do you want to see in a jersey then? Is it is this something that you just want to see as like a, a one-off novelty? Or do you want to see this as like something that potentially could be adopted as like an official third jersey? Now, I think I saw in an article uh, written by Michael Russo today uh, during the announcement that that the stadium jersey, or the not the stadium series jersey, but the winter classic jersey would be something that's different from the third jersey that is expected to be released in the next two to three years but mm-hmm. i want to know what you think like do you want something that's kind of in that same mold or, or 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 um template maybe or or is this you want it to kind of have its own standalone novelty type of type of thing so that if you see somebody that that wore the jersey out and about or whatever it's yeah that was specifically for that one time frame i kind of think
1: you know trying something uh unique and outside of the box for a one-off thing isn't, uh, isn't a bad idea, especially since whenever Minnesota comes up with those one-off jerseys, like eventually that kind of comes back into the fold, right? Like when Minnesota did the All-Star Game, for example. Yep. Uh, that basic concept ended up coming back as the, the green and wheat third jerseys that, uh, that we're so fond of. Same with the Stadium Series jerseys. I think the Stadium Series jerseys were at least an influence in creating the home jerseys that they wear today. Mm -hmm. So, I think it will come back eventually. So, I do want them to kind of do a one-off thing and see what works, what doesn't, and maybe take lessons from that for the future.
0: Okay. I mean, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, we've seen that kind of in their history. I just... I don't know. I kind of like the idea of a of a of a novelty in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I I pull up my Nino Rider Stadium Series jersey, like you know that it was a Stadium Series jersey. Yeah, and I think I think there's definitely some elements you can kind of play with in these one offs, like you said, that you can incorporate in 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 future s- jerseys and stuff. But uh, yeah, I guess to me, I, I'm okay with the the one off novelty souvenir type thing. Honestly, I
1: I would be interested in seeing a red and wheat jersey too where they kind of go very simplistic on it. That would be kind of cool to see.
0: Yeah, I'm just kind of trying cool. to
1: spitball some ideas here.
0: Now, so uh, the Iowa Wild just introduced a uh, kind of a wheat dominant jersey.
1: They did for a yes. third
0: jersey and you know, it's got just kind of a block lettered um bright white Iowa that goes diagonal across the chest. So uh, to me, that that part is kind of plain, but I don't mind the actual template of you know with the with the shoulder yoke and, and the sleeves and, the, and kind of like the waistband that they have on it. I don't mind that part. And if the Wild were able to do something kind of like that, I think that would be kind of cool too.
1: I'm good with that as long as there is no North Stars at all on that jersey. <laughs> I'm fine with it.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Well, we got the jersey knocked out of the way. Uh, what are your thoughts on – now, it was reported by Michael Russo again that the Wild are, are attempting to create sort of like ancillary events around the Winter Classic in an attempt to try to regain more revenue that you just can't get when you're not in an 80,000-seat stadium. So I think there is rumored like some some concert at XL Energy Center. They want to activate both, the, both of the Twin Cities in Minneapolis and St. Paul. What kind of would you want to see for an ancillary event surrounding the, the winter classic uh, 2021?
1: So the best idea that I can come up with is like all Minnesota college tournaments. You bring together, uh, for, uh, for both men's and women's, you bring together UMD, University of Minnesota, St. Cloud state, and in uh, Minnesota State Mankato, and then you have them do a tournament for like a winter uh, Winter Classic Cup. I mm-hmm. think that would be really
0: cool. I think you're uh, just pissed off a bunch of Bemidji State Beavers. Yeah. All <laughs> uh, <I'll> apology
1: <laughs> to uh, to the Matt Reeds of the world out there, <laughs> and Brad Hunt, and Brad Hunt. Yep, yep. <laughs> but I I think I think that would be really cool to see uh, something like that where you're incorporating more than just uh more than just nhl hockey that would be really cool um if it's going to be a week-long thing i don't know what it is like to uh to maintain the ice for a week straight but something to do with the public being able to go in and be able to skate on that ice would be Mm -hmm. something that would be really cool I'm just trying to think beyond concerts, right? Because I think concerts are kind of the obvious events sure. and, and ones that are more hockey focused. What What are you thinking?
0: Well, I was kind of looking at what have they done kind of in the past. And I know during the all-star game when the wild hosted it in 2004, I think it coincided right around the same time with the St. Paul winter carnival. Now I know the St. Paul winter carnival and the ice castle that they usually had at that time. Uh, is later in January, so it, it's like the last week of January into early February. So they would absolutely have to move that up if they were going to do something like that. So I don't know if that's necessary uh, necessarily a possibility, but if if Craig Leopold and Matt Meka and they're really trying to think of showing off the quote unquote state of hockey, I think that they got to coincide Hockey Day Minnesota.
1: Yeah, that would be really cool to see too. Well, I mean, it's about that time anyway.
0: It, well, and, and it's it's all, you're only rescheduling it from, you know, I think it's historically been middle of January. Yeah, I think this year's is like January 17th. So you're only moving it up maybe a couple weeks. And I know that there's people on break, you know, coming back in after the uh the um the 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 Christmas and, and winter breaks and stuff like that. But um I, I do think that because during Hockey Day Minnesota that because high school hockey is such a prominent feature of that day i think that'd be a really great showcase for that now they i don't know what the logistics are on that i don't know if they'd be able to secure necessarily the ice and minneapolis would have to be like the host for it in the you know in a second consecutive year if they were able to do that at target field maybe they move it across you know maybe to to us, uh, to St. Paul, for St. Paul to host it again, or maybe one of the closest, or maybe maybe it's Edina. Who knows? You know, uh, it could be one of the the the, the close ring suburbs too, so people don't have to necessarily travel very far. But I think that would be a great idea to highlight more of the quote unquote state of hockey sort of aspect of of a winter classic that it brings. Do you
1: think that they are going to be able to book anyone better than uh soul asylum for this time around? Like they, uh, they, they booked soul asylum for the stadium series game.
0: Right. They also had uh cheap trick as well. Mm, uh, Chicago baseband. band. Yeah. Yep. Um, God, I hope so. Maybe they, maybe they bring in Lizzo. Yeah. That's kind of the obvious one right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think of who else. I doubt they're bringing in Lizzo because the NHL never, ever brings in A-listers.
1: I don't know, though. Like, this is the Winter Classic. This is like a home state
0: pride thing. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah, Soul Asylum, I thought it was great and all, but at the same time, like, they were past their time. Oh, yeah, very, very much so. You know, so it it felt like the NHL just going after their normal D-listers because they are terrible at booking big-time acts. Remember the uh, NHL all-star game in 2004, they had the bare naked ladies.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's been one week since they've been popular.
0: Oh. Man, if I had a million dollars, I would have booked a better band. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and and uh, before we go to our next break, I just want to say one more thing that I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, that was, uh, that was in the last stadium series game and that I want to see in the winter classic Matt Dumba's eye black coming back. There we
0: go. And also the goals that came with it. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he scored the first goal of that game. And that was, that was fun. Yeah. I remember. So I tweeted out today during the, uh, during the, uh, the Dallas game too, because this is also when, uh, Corey Perry also blindsided, uh, Ryan Ellis and got ejected and the booze were raining down. I was like, I don't remember hearing any booze at the stadium series game that the wild hosted. <laughs> oh, that's right. Cause it was a freaking six to one slaughter by the wild. Yeah, there we go. That's right. Let's go ahead and take a break. This is the lockdown wild podcast, part of the lockdown podcast network. And welcome back. You're listening to lockdown wild I'm your host, Joe. I'm again here with Tony. We're discussing Winter Classic 2021 that was officially announced by uh, by the NHL that the Minnesota Wild are going to host. Um, we talked about target field being the venue. Last segment, we talked about the, uh, the ancillary events surrounding it. Now we're going to talk about kind of uh, the opponent. It, it hasn't been announced yet. Hasn't but, been. Uh, no, and, and it sounds like NBC is kind of the driver on that one because they hold the national broadcast rights to it. But. So I think what we've seen is that it's been narrowed down to, I think, about four favorites, and they're all division opponents. It is the Chicago Blackhawks, St. Louis Blues, the uh, Winnipeg Jets, and the Colorado Avalanche. And I want to get your thoughts on who you want to see in a Minnesota Wild Winter Classic.
1: Colorado 1, Winnipeg 2, Chicago 3, St. Louis 4. Really? Okay. Yeah. What, What are your rankings?
0: I think Winnipeg 1, Colorado Mm 2, St. Louis 3, and Chicago 4. I just don't want to see St. Louis. Like,
1: imagine waiting all this time for a Winter Classic, and then you show up to the game, and you're facing the St. Louis Blues, who are a generally boring, nondescript team. Now, maybe that changes, maybe in the offseason. They get Taylor Hall, and they're able to, to run out Taylor Hall, And Vladimir Tarasenko, and then it's more of a high flying team there. Then, but man, I I just don't want to see it. I I don't care about. I mean, at least I hate the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, right? At least they have, you know, Alex DeBrinket. They should have uh, another top three pick this year because they'll have it rigged for them. Like at least there are things to hate about Chicago. Just just St. Louis is is nothing to me. It's nothing to
0: me. I just am so fatigued by Chicago.
1: I hear and you, and I, and I don't think that's going to be a thing. So that's why I have St. That's a part of the reason why I have St. Louis lower because sure. like I don't think Chicago they're going to be inclined to do them, and I do think they are inclined to make the St. Louis Blues. So I want NBC to hear this.
0: No, St. Louis. <laughs> so you you had uh, Colorado ranked one, and I want to know why.
1: Why? I think that Colorado is the most exciting team that you can bring in there, and that's what I want to see. I want to see star power, and mm-hmm. I want to see fun hockey. Colorado has both. They're a team that might have Taylor Hall by this time next year as well. If, if you are following the league, and who has cap space going into this offseason. When you have potentially Taylor Hall, but even let's let's exclude Taylor Hall from this conversation. Let's go on who they have. You have Nathan McKinnon who is a top five player in the NHL in my is mind, he still nineteen? Top two. What?
0: Is he still nineteen?
1: <laughs> you have Nathan McKinnon, you have Miko Rantanen, who is a high flying scoring player himself. You yep, have an evil villain in Gabriel Landeskog to be like that heel that Minnesota (laughs) fans love to hate. You have Kale McCarr, one of the best young defensemen in the league, not even best young defensemen, like one of the best defensemen
0: in the league. All-star snub at this point too.
1: All-star snub at this point, he should be in Norris Trophy contention. And I think that there are exciting players on Winnipeg, but I think that Overall, I think Colorado brings more star power. I think if you're doing an alumni game, I think that Minnesota fans are going to maybe have more of a reaction, whether it's positive or negative, of seeing potentially guys like Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg on the ice, Patrick Roy on the ice. (laughs) Like, I I, I think there's more potential for star power and fun there.
0: Adam Foote is another name, too. Mm Mm-hmm. So um why are you uh, why are you a Winnipeg guy? So you're kind of going at like the game yeah, between yeah. the teams. I am trying to go for atmosphere. And I just think that the I think that it's easier to sell tickets when you got a fan base that absolutely travels like the Winnipeg Jets do. Mm-hmm. And granted, you might get a 50-50 split of of Jets fans and wild fans, but if you saw the 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 back and forth between the Predators who really traveled to the Cotton Bowl, I thought really well in Dallas. I, I like that, that, that clash between the fans and and most of the time with, with Jets fans and wild fans, it ain't, it ain't, um, you know, brawling in the, uh, in the stands or anything like that. Like what would happen in Philadelphia or anything like that. But I do think that Jets fans, seem to kind of get the best out of wild fans and kind of awaken them. And I think for just a pure like atmosphere in general, that place would buzz whether the wild are winning or wild are losing. If they if they invited the Jets. And I think that there's there's still good rivalry there too. Um it, it's not so much a bunch of hatred like like you see with the Avalanche, but I still think that there's mostly a good heated rivalry there between the Jets. And I would, I think I would, that would be fantastic. I think you got a lot of Minnesota stories in that, especially if, if Dustin, uh, if Dustin Bufflin shows back up uh, and plays for, uh, for the Jets, Uh, they've got Blake Wheeler, who's, I think still one of the, uh, the top uh, Minnesotans on the pretty much to play the game. I think right now that are active and uh he's also the franchise leader for the Jets. I just think that there's a lot there uh that you could that you, you could wrap around. Now I know it's a Canadian team, but you'd get some Canadian viewers too, and I know that it's not necessarily NBC, but I think you'd be able to focus in on uh the the, the winter climb, you know, action that is Canada and Minnesota.
1: Yeah, I would be extremely happy to see either Colorado or Winnipeg do it. And then the line goes to disappointed with Chicago and then just absolutely like vomiting for St. Louis.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's probably going to do it for our show on this. Uh, again, the Minnesota wild are awarded the 2021 winter classic by the NHL. Um, as for this podcast, please download and subscribe. It helps our numbers. It helps uh, our advertisers, all that kind of fun stuff. And, um, And it helps you never miss an episode. It helps you never miss an episode, and it's always there on your device for wherever you go. You get to take us with you. So that's going to do it for us here. You can follow me on Twitter at Boo the number 15. Tony, you can find you at... You can find
1: me on Twitter at Tony. You can find my work at The Athletic Minnesota. And I just want to make sure that we shout out uh, our friend Ian Detterling, who composed our theme music. And you can find his work at iandetterling.com. dot com.
0: So yeah, definitely frequent Ian. He did an amazing job on our on our theme music. So uh, kudos to him. Appreciate all the work that he did for that. Thanks for listening to Locked On Wild, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.